Now a fishing legend in his own mind, Rick Jordan. That delay was because we're dialing a phone. All right. Badly. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, Dave, Russ Francisco, please. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh Uh-oh. I just dialed the wrong number. Hey, we'll come back. How's that? Oh, jeez. And talk to uh, Russ. It is 950 now at KDAL. The Fishing Frenzy with Rick Jordan. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I think uh, I just turned over the phone duty to Dave Strenberg. <laughs> Russ, I I called some guy and got him out of bed and asked for Russ oh, Francisco. No. Oh, my goodness. And uh, you know what he said? He said, <laughs> yeah. Not Russ the... Francisco is what he said. Oh, <laughs> Who the heck is Russ Francisco? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you are the director and leader of uh, Marine General Supply on London Road. Oftentimes, I forget to mention Marine General. I just say Russ suppose, Francisco. Yeah, that's because, because like you told me years ago, <laughs> if you have a few dollars and you can BS, we let you talk on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Banana split is what you meant, right? With that? Banana split is BS. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did I actually say that? That was pretty erudite for me. I, uh, you, you told me that years ago. We were, we were, I forget where we were. We were at some place in front of a whole bunch of people, and they said, geez, you guys do pretty good. And he said, well, you know, if you have a few dollars and, and, and you can BS, we let you talk on the radio. And everybody <laughs> laughed, and I remember I tell that story wherever I go. Wow. I don't know if I'd say that now anymore. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> we're into the, the hot stuff of summer. How's fishing been? What have you heard? Well, it's still good. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty good out in the big lake. But I talk to people all over the state, up by uh, International Falls and stuff, and, and yeah. there's not a lot of weeds yet. Yes. You know? And so fishing is still sort of like spring. And it's interesting because the water hasn't warmed up down below very much. And I'm I was trying to think about that this morning. What would cause that water not to warm? Because it's been pretty nice. Uh, and uh, and I'm thinking that uh, part of the deal is that. Uh, we had that high water situation, and then we had a drought, right? Yeah. Water went down. There's no turbidity in the water. There's no weed growth. There's nothing to absorb the heat. But after this rain, I'll bet you it starts to starts to heat up now, mud, um, water, and stuff. Uh, we live up by Island Lake, a few miles south of it, and we had officially, uh, well, wait a minute, unofficially in our official th- uh, measuring device, about 3.05. Yeah, incredible. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. Yep, puts a lot of moisture back in the ground, and in my yard, it just soaked it all up. Yep, you know there was nothing standing at all. So, the grass green. Finally, yeah, it, it greened up. <laughs> I was knuckling some of the ball fields were still brown yesterday, but this morning now they're pretty green. So. Yeah, I heard it was quite amazing uh, who didn't get rain and who did, and it, you just can't yeah. figure it. Everybody had a different amount. No, and just a little bit away, they didn't get any rain at all, and then, you know, it's just one of those years. It's just. Uh, but it's not something we haven't seen before, right? And uh, right. something we won't see again. Yeah. Um, there's a nice story that John Myers has got in the paper this morning about Cisco's. Um, to me, a Cisco is, I don't know, about eight inches long, about the size of a smelt. But now I'm seeing pictures and people are talking about, no, they're only four, five, six inches. They're not that big. Yeah, and, and you know, um, 
You know, there, there's the Cisco's we used to eat when we were kids. We used to get yeah. them out of the lake. They smoked them, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but there's a whole lot of Cisco's that are, you know, they're bait, and, and they grow up to six, eight inches, but they're, oh. they're smaller baits. And, and when they used to be trapping, when, we, when it was prevalent and we could get them, yeah. uh, they were mostly four or five inches long, three to five inches long, something like that. But you just can't get them anymore, you know, because they, they put so much restriction on stuff. Okay. But they're not as big as smelt then? Not always, no. No, uh, they're pretty average though. With the kind of smelt that we get, that five-inch smelt, you know. But they don't. They don't. It, in Lake Superior, you would think they would get up to be those bigger ones. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of times people used to call herring Cisco's. They didn't know what they were talking about uh-huh. in the old days. And so, I, one of the old uh, the old netters told me, he said, "Yeah, a lot of times we were doing herring, and they were smoking them, and everybody called them Cisco's because the ones that were in the grocery store were called Cisco's." You know, and and um, but he said, "You know, we've we've always had Cisco's in the lake here, but the the explosion." of bait in the lake is just is, is smelt, uh, Cisco's uh, herring, things like that. The yeah. lake is really, really abundant right now. Okay. Very, very good news. In your opinion, good news? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the, the fish that we're catching out of, out of the river and stuff. Fish are bigger than usual. Even people at Island Lake are talking about the fish starting to be bigger when they catch them. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if it was the, the winter that helped that or the last couple of years. Um, but uh, the cohos that they're taking in the lake are what we usually catch later in the summer. And, and mm-hmm. those fish continue to grow at the rate they are. We'll have some awful nice cohos as well. Wow. Well, I can say that my son and I, uh, last weekend, uh, I don't know if it was Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but we actually got some very large walleyes, one being about 21 inches walleye. That's good size. Yeah. That's good size. A lot better than we've been getting out of the inland lakes. Yeah. Uh, people in Fish Lake, uh, Island Lake, Boulder Lake, even some of the inland pothole lakes, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the fish are just big. And, uh, you know, just one of those years, I guess. I don't know if it's a year class or mm-hmm. if we missed something. You know, you got to think about it. Last summer was pretty miserable. And nobody ice fished. So these fish really haven't really seen a lot of pressure for a couple of years, for a whole year, you okay, know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I never use plugs or lures. Usually it's just live bait, minnows, leeches, crawlers. Yeah. <clears throat> but the other day, I thought, you know, this is a rapple. I spent money on this. Let's drag it around. Boom, boom, boom. Northerns. Beautiful, big ones. Yep. Yeah. Uh, people are learning how to use more and more. It's probably because the minnows are tough to get sometimes, but yeah. people have learned how to use crankbaits more and more, and there's more and more people making them every day, more styles, more colors. So the artificial bait business right now is, is exploding in uh, lots of manufacturers. And uh, some people that got into it during the pandemic are now out of it because they just, they just didn't have enough money to continue on. But, yeah. uh, uh, but a lot of companies that got into it are, are expanding again. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's how, how the amount of baits we have available to us now are just, has just exploded. Going back, we're jumping in our Wayback Machine. What yeah. was the first... Um, popular lure that you remember? Well, let's see. Um, there's two, other than live bait, like you say, yep. and a jig. Uh, I remember I had uh, a flatfish, and then my oh, dad yeah. took me to Canada, and he said, we got to buy these. We can't get them at home. Uh-huh. And we bought uh, silver and black and blue and silver rapalos. Oh. You know? And uh and they were they were expensive then. I remember he says, uh, "Don't lose this," because I remember it was like I want to say like three dollars, right? I mean, it was two <laughs> two and a half dollars, something like that. That was a lot of money for a bait. Oh, I guess, you know, back yeah. then, you know, it was two dollars uh, pay. 
Yeah, it was an hour anyway, you know. And so, I mean, it, it, uh, it was, uh, that was a lot of money for a bait. And, but everybody had to have them. And then, of course, they came to the United States, and that, that market just exploded. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was the leader. That, there, were other, there were other crankbaits around and things like that, but sure. nothing on this level. And sure. today, today we have so many different choices. Yeah. I can remember getting uh, for Christmas from my cousin, Frank, who was just a crazy, avid fisherman for bass. He's from Missouri, so bass, 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 bass. And he got me for Christmas a hula popper. Oh, yeah. Still sell them. Uh, kind of frog-shaped. They're, they're, they're small like a frog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got um, pop, 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 and hula poppers, and they, and they pop, and then uh, yep. it's, uh, it's uh, Big Brother was the, uh, was the uh, um, oh, golly, there's another popper they made, and then they made the, uh, the one that plops in the water. That's how yeah. that beat me. I, I know anyway, what you, I can see that it. Arbogast made a whole series of yeah. baits, and uh, and they um, they uh, they still sell today. We still sell them. Uh, frog mm-hmm. colors, black colors, uh, and so that's uh, it's a great bait when it warms up like this uh, for bass and northerns and things like that. But you got to run some kind of leader on them if you're in a northern area because yeah. they will eat it. They yeah. will take it away. Yeah. Uh, some good deals at Marine General, other than hula poppers. Yep, there's all kinds of things happening right now in the industry. It's really good, uh, and it's busy. So, you know, we're into that summer season skis, water skis, tubes, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been crazy. An um, abnormal amount of people uh, rigging their boats still, and uh, so we stocked up the store on Wednesday and Thursday, and I walked through yesterday afternoon, and I had to call and get an emergency order in out of the cities because it ran out of wax and polishes and stuff like that. So people are still rigging. Um, so we'll be here on, uh, on 4th of July, 9th to three so uh we're going to stay open the whole time and keep people going uh i just bought a whole bunch of rods i'm bringing them to the store this morning they came up at the warehouse they're bass type rods trigger yeah. rods they're yeah. 9.99 gonna sell them for 20 bucks so there's all kinds of deals out there and as they come in we'll just keep piling them on the store and so stop in there's 20 percent off all the tubes life jackets water skis there's there's discounts on rods reels and stuff uh this is a good time for the consumer the manufacturers are really hustling you sell Minkota Motors, and in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Mark Wasbotten, who knows how to fix those motors. The guru of repair. Yes. He sure is. And we'll visit yep. with him by phone in just a couple of minutes. Mark Wasbotten. Russ, thank you very much. Happy Thanks. holidays. Okay, bye-bye. See ya. Had to do this since you're talking about Cisco's. Poncho. It's the Cisco Kid. <laughs> and then we'll be back here oh, in just a bit. Poncho. You're listening to The Fishing Frenzy with Rick Jordan. Round, round, get around, I get around. Yeah, we do. We get around. We get around fishing. We get around slowly with our trolley motor. We get around fast with our big 300-horse Mercuries. But the one we use the most is the trolling motor. And that's where Mark Wasbotten comes in. Good morning. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good. Welcome back. We had you on uh, last fall, I think. I think we did, yes. Um, you fixed my motor. appreciate that. You also told me about Johnson's Pledge. What the heck was that story all about? Uh, well, Johnson Outdoors is also the parent company of Johnson uh, Furniture Polish. Yeah. And um, it seems to be one of their favorite um, items to push on people that want to keep their motors uh, clean and and shiny, and it's uh, it's a helpful product. Huh. 
Uh, do you believe that we're doing it to keep our motor pretty, or does it actually help? It actually helps. I know you run the Altera. That seems to be one of the the most finny, finicky uh, uh, motor that they have made, and <laughs> and you probably know that. But uh, yeah, they need some they need some TLC and some uh, some lubrication, and keeping them clean definitely helps. Would uh, spraying it with um, when you wash the car or the motor or the boat is that a good idea? You know, clean it well, out. Keep them, yeah, keeping them clean is is the big ticket, you know. And then um, you know the latch assemblies need their their grease. And yeah. another product that we use a lot is uh, uh, Armor All. Most everybody's pretty familiar with that. Anything that is yeah. silicone or water based water based silicone or water based cleaner is fine. Uh, stay away from some of the petroleum based stuff. Does that clog it up a little bit? Well, like WD-40, yeah. I mean, it would work in an emergency, but it collects dirt, yeah. What's the most common mistake that we're doing with our trolling motors? And uh, I'm going to lump them all into one one swoop there. What are we doing wrong? Uh, um, boy, uh, that, that's a pretty good question, I think. Uh, well, running into rocks know, you, is bad. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to keep them on the boat, too, um, a good support mechanism to keep them in the boat um, is a good idea. Jeez. Uh, yeah, that's a good answer right there. Let's hold it. Yeah. Be nice to yeah. them. Be nice. Be nice to them. They are the workhorse of the boat, right? Boy, uh, like I said uh, as we introed, uh, yeah, we've got a big motor that we can go from A to B real quick, but... After we get to B, C, D, and E, we're going slow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know that you do Mincotas, but do you do other trolling motors too? Um, we've talked with a couple others, um, and we've kind of uh, hung our hat with Mincota. Yeah. Um, they're a Minnesota-based company. They've uh, they manufactured over 11 million trolling motors, believe it or not. And uh, and just here this uh, last, well, the last week, they released all their uh, new models for uh, 2023. What did you see? What? How crazy is it? <laughs> um, pretty some pretty neat stuff coming out. Uh, the Altrex, the Altera, and the Trova, yeah, yeah. Uh, all got head to toe reengineered. Uh, more more efficient uh, battery management systems, uh, brushless motors. I know a lot of guys are have been looking for that. Some of the competition is brushless, and uh, yeah, a lot more efficient and uh, more powerful. It's going to be uh, and more expensive too. and more expensive. Yeah, I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I certainly uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can know how to fish without a trolling motor. I used to just Seems drift. Like a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to drift with the wind. If the wind was going west, I'm going west. The new motors actually have a new um, new uh, feature called drift assist. So maybe we uh, can set you up with a new one here. <laughs> okay, we got to talk to my wife about that one. I uh, appreciate it. What's your phone number if somebody uh, needs help? Uh, we're available a couple different ways. My phone number is 218-491-5572. 
We're also on the Johnson Outdoorsman Code of Homepage on oh, the yeah. support tab. Yeah, cool. Appreciate it. And uh, again, I have to say, we used to have your uncle, I think, or cousin's picture on our wall here. Remember that, Strandy, of the old Uncle old, Bill, yep. Uh, Bill Wasbutton was an engineer here. Yeah, and, yeah, many years ago. And he set up this microphone right here. Still using him, yeah. <laughs> Same one. Still All right. sounding good. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Happy Independence Day. Ah, beautiful. Nice job. Thank you. Um, pretty handy guy to know if you're an angler, because when you're out on the lake and your trolling motor goes, might as well go home. Oh, boy. We'll be right back. I'm Tim Lesmeister, and this is from the pages of the Outdoor News, sponsored by Fleet Farm, serving the outdoors since 1955. Sometimes the fish get shy, and there's only one thing you can do to give those fish the confidence to take that bait or that lure that you're putting in front of them. I'll tell you what it is, but first. Hey, Fleet Farm fans, you asked, we listened. You wanted lower prices? You got them. In-store, online. We drop prices everywhere. Lower prices on summer favorites like Liquid Pool Shock, Grillers Gold Barbecue Pellets, and Airhead Towables. Lower prices on big-name pet care like Purina Tidy Cats. Lower prices on Valvoline Motor Oils. All because you said so. Look for the bright green price drop signs to find new lower prices on everything you need for everyday life. Only at Fleet Farm. Sometimes the fish get shy. You might cast a little hair jig up by the dock, and the sunfish all swim out, but they don't take it. Or you've got a bass lure tied on, and you throw it out there, and you're working it under the docks, around the vegetation, over the rubble, and you can't seem to generate a bite. Sometimes you're pulling around a live bait rig with the liveliest bait you can find, and you still can't get those walleyes to go. What do you have to do to change their personality, get them to bite? Well... Trifluorocarbon line. A lot of times these fish are line shy. They've been burned a couple times, maybe caught and released, and they've told their friends about it too, and they're not going to hit anything where they can see the line. So put on a light fluorocarbon leader for panfish, a one-pound test fluorocarbon. For bass, maybe an eight-pound test fluorocarbon. For walleyes, you can go up as high as 12-pound test on the fluorocarbon. But putting that fluorocarbon line on means those line-shy fish won't see the line, and they'll take the bait. This is from the pages of the Outdoor News. I don't know how long the frenzy's going today because our phones apparently are a little <laughs> snaffled. Well, I, we got the answering machine on one, so it oh, works. Oh, okay. It's just, yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. Mm. Well, we're looking for more people to talk to this there morning. You go. But we've got Dave Miller. Good morning. Good morning, Rick, and good morning, Dave, and... Good morning, everybody, and happy 4th of July weekend. What are you doing at uh, Northwest Outland to celebrate? Oh, uh, to celebrate. Actually, they just did uh, They did the markdown on all of the summer, like the clothing, the footwear, the sandals, the hats, mm. um, on, on all of the Carhartt, not Carhartt, but uh, Columbia and, and North Face stuff, and I, they were doing the Under Armour last night when I checked, so... So there's all kinds of sales going on on all those great summer kind of things like the, the you know the summer shirts and stuff, the mm. SPF stuff, the um, the zip off pants. I, you know, you look through the store, all the shorts and stuff that we've got from Columbia North Face and and Under Armour and and uh, yeah, there's there's this is kind of early too for that 
that special sale, but it was like, you know, let's do that for this this weekend coming up here. Well, that's great. Now, you don't have anything called a thunder calming shirt for dogs, do you? Well, I have one, and that was for our last dog. <laughs> oh, you actually had one, huh? My son got one for our black lab, and uh, yeah. uh, when the storm hit earlier in the week, my wife slipped it on the dog, and she actually liked it. Oh, you know, it didn't make any difference on our dog when, when we tried it, but it was, it's like, you know, when they get older, and I don't know about your dog, but our, as our dog got older, it kind of started when they were remodeling the house, and the, oh, yeah. they were... They were pounding in nails, yeah. you know, and it just kind of progressed from there. But you, you do whatever you can to try and make them comfortable, and sometimes you have to sit in the shower with them <laughs> with no water on. Ah, uh, Well, I know, uh, speaking of uh, work being done, we had a dog that a lot of carpenters use a, air, a gun that fires yep. nails. Yep. She did not like that. Nope, nope, same thing here, same yep. thing here, but... You know, it's it's. Uh, I, I guess you just do whatever you can for your dog. And oh, one yeah. thing I've been noticing here is since we started getting this rain, the ticks are coming out. Oh, because they're you know they're they're showing up on the dog, and and our dog really hardly ever gets them between the stuff between the shoulder blades, and then this little thing that Scott's got hanging on his collar. But uh, but boy, he's been picking up ticks, and that's just out walking. You know, from the grass on the sides of the road, and you know, I, I keep telling folks, it's like you don't get ticks from being out in the woods. You get ticks from being in the parks, from walking in your yeah. yard. Yeah. You know, it just all depends on where they're at and, and what's going on. So, so yeah, it's, it's being aware, and it's like you know, we kind of had a nice spell where you didn't have to worry about it a whole lot, or you never found anything when you were checking. But now it's time to check. But you know, besides that, talking to people that are that are going out for the weekend and, and going out camping, I, that's still always my favorite. I, you know, I get talking to people and it's like, where are you going? What are you doing? And and uh, gosh, there people are going everywhere. It's 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 just getting out and having fun. And, yep. and plus, all the county park type stuff, you know, or mm-hmm. they're going out, but having good tents, uh, you know, camp stoves, <laughs> lanterns, all the LED stuff, sleeping bags, uh, all the, the mat, the inflatable type uh, mattresses. Yep. Um, we got all of that stuff at Northwest Outlet. Well, that's good to hear because my son, young son, is uh, venturing into camping. He and his sweetie uh, are giving it a try. Oh, good, good. Yep. Yeah, I talked to some folks last night that were heading up to to the Sibley Peninsula, out, you know, Ooh. just past Thunder Bay, and, yeah. and and Mary and I have hiked up there before, and so gave some some tips and ideas on places to go and and things to see, and you know, hopefully they're going to have fun too. Good. Um, what are your hours at Northwest Outlet Superior? Sure, they're kind of special this time around here. Yeah. We're open uh, today until six, Friday until six, tomorrow nine until one. We're closed on Sunday, we're closed on Monday, and we're closed on Tuesday, Ooh. which is was kind of a tough decision to make, but kind of short on help. And, yeah. you know, I want my employees to get out and be able to enjoy things, too. And it's it's just something that we've kind of started looking at more seriously. So hopefully they're testing gear and having fun. Folks, whatever you do, get outside, have fun, check those kids for ticks every night, watch them in the water, and have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Time now for a Natural Resources Minute, brought to you by the Minnesota DNR. 
When the weather is warm, ticks get more active. Ticks are potential carriers of the pathogens causing Lyme disease, the most common tick-borne disease in Minnesota. Lyme disease is preventable by making sure ticks don't bite you. To prevent tick bites, walk in the center of trails to avoid picking up ticks from grass and brush. Wear light-colored clothing so ticks will be more visible. Create a barrier between ticks and your skin by tucking pants into socks or boots. Use EPA-registered repellent and do a tick check on you and your pets after being outdoors. For more information, call 888-646-6367. This has been a Natural Resources Minute from the Minnesota DNR. Needles and pins. Pinza. Pinza. Pirates of Pinza. Pat Kukul, uh, you're a tough gal to track down. Well, I've been calling your office number for six times, and it either rings and rings and rings, or it says your mailbox is full. I don't have a mailbox. I know, but I will accept responsibility on my end with this phone, which I've been to AT&T so I'm sorry. And here I am. And, and, and God, what a beautiful day. It is beautiful. <laughs> what are you doing inside? You should be out. Well, I, I was outside thinking I could get a better signal out there, <laughs> but that didn't work. And then I got all hot, so I came back again. Well, I was <laughs> blaming it on us and the engineer, of course. Well, no, I, I'll go with that. I think it's just a horse apiece because when I came to work this morning, our Internet was down, oh. down. So everybody's taking a little holiday early. Yeah, it's a nice weather. That does it. Yeah, it, it is. So, you know, I'm going to jump into something totally different. All right. That sounds like a Python bit. And yeah, now for something totally different. I, yes. So we did rush on it a little bit, some of the new laws in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. But there's, there's a few. But I think one, I'll just bring up one of them now. And uh, one of the biggest changes that most people can relate to is no more private transaction to firearms. Uh, it has to go through a dealer. Now, you can, if you live oh. in the same state, you can gift a firearm to a family member. That's not a problem. However, if that family member lives in another state, then it has to go through a dealer. So that's probably one thing there that, you know, a lot of people can relate to or should know about. There is a lot more, but... Um, Man, one at a time is enough for me. Now, is this a Wisconsin deal or a Minnesota? Oh, Minnesota. It is? Yes, yes. Is that a pain in the beeswax for you? No, a lot of people were already doing that. You know, but a lot of people were doing it when they were selling guns uh, to private individuals. But you never could, on a private sale, you never could cross state lines on a private sale. Really? No, you never could, be it handgun or long gun. But now, you know, what they're saying is on a private sale, if it's a non-family member, you need to do it through a dealer. You know, we do transfers all day long, and and honestly, a lot of people were already doing it. But And there's a lot of other things, but, you know, we'll just touch on that one right now. Okay. How are you fixed for supply? Really well. Good. Uh, Really well. We're pretty happy with... uh, 
the supplies. Of course, when it comes to re- the reloaders, it's never quite the right powder because there's about 120 SKUs of powder, but uh, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty well in the primers. Some of the primers were finally able to sell them by the 1,000. Uh, before we couldn't do that. We could just dole them out 100 at a time, so that's good. We have a lot of guns. We have a lot of handguns. We've got a big handgun sale going on right now, and if you do your shopping <laughs> well, like for instance on the Stoger 9mm, uh, that's not only on sale, but through July 15th there's a $50 mail-in rebate on that, so oh. kind of double dip there on some of them too, and we have a lot of ammo also, which is good. So, um, yeah, it's all good. We are closed the 4th of July. Good. Everybody has a wonderful 4th of July, and we got to remember we got to remember why we have 4th of July too, you know. So, we're uh yeah, it's a, I just I'm just happy that I'm happy that it rained and I'm happy that it quit. <laughs> and I'm happy that we connected on the telephone. I know. I know. Let's blame I don't know what to blame it on. It's a nightmare. I tell you we're so with these cell phones. I oh. I know. I know. I know it. I know. I, uh, you know, one time my brother was flying a C-130, and he called my house to wish me a happy birthday. He's, I don't know, 50,000 feet in the air talking. Yeah, but we can't on some days. I, I, uh, you can't live with them, and you can't, can't live, live without them. <laughs> Pat Kugel, Superior Shooter Supply. Your uh, address, please. 1705 Winter. We're on the corner of Ogden and Winter, and we're here to help you. Thank you. Um, I got a note here. A couple of Proctor students, high school students, <clears throat> finished in the top 10 in the Minnesota State High School Clay Pigeon Shooting Tournament. That's pretty good. I don't know their ages, but uh, any high schooler that's shooting like that. So congratulations to uh, not only the kids, but the uh, the coaches. Henry... Napple, mm-hmm. and my wife wrote this down, and I can't see for diddly, so, uh, and Austin Carlson. All right. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. All right, now we are going to scoot up to uh, Pike Lake and take a break. We'll do that in just a minute. Yep. The Minnesota Connection is brought to you by Minnesota News Network. Minnesota's first brewery opened in St. Paul this week in 1849, but another 200 miles west, reflecting shifting attitudes about alcohol at the turn of the 20th century. Three different owners tried and failed to make the Moorhead Brewing Company a competitive success over its 25-year history. Opening in 1875, it changed hands after just one year. According to Minipedia, the next most notable event was the suicide of a brewmaster. The final owner began regular production in the late 1890s but found little success. Then in August 1901, the brewery burned to the ground and never reopened. Just one year later, a lawyer named Andrew Volstead was elected to Congress in the very district that included the site where the Moorhead Brewing Company once stood. And that's Minnesota's connection to Prohibition. I'm Bill Wise, Minnesota News Network. The Fishing Frenzy with Rick Jordan. So no Johnny Charles from today. Doggone it. But they got minnows, they got leeches, they've got good people, and they've got ice cream, and that is always good. It's on the way to the lake, so ah. stop at Charlstrom's and tell them Jordan sent you. Or Strandberg. Strandberg sent you. Okay, that's fine with me. Yeah. Um, we're going to... Uh, Gee, I just talked about the competition, and now we're going to go up <laughs> up to Pike Lake. Matt King, good morning. 
Good morning, Rick. How are you doing? Good. I was just talking about the competition down the road from me at Charlstrom's. Yeah, Johnny's probably unloading minnows if you couldn't get a hold of them. That would be my guess. No. They said no. that he and his dad are where? Isle Royal, I believe. Isle Royal. Yeah. Oh, he snuck away for a little fishing trip. Well, good mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Hope the waves aren't too brutal up there. <laughs> yeah. You never know when you're up there. No, I've been up there and the waves were over my head, but uh, <laughs> we survived. Uh, how's fishing been on from your uh, viewpoint there, Matt? Well, if if I went by how much crawlers and leeches were selling, it's pretty good. All right. Because uh, they're, they're flying out the door. Uh, we went through a lot of bait yesterday. Um, and so... Uh, what, what guys are telling me, uh, fishing's still good. Some nice fish, too, uh, still uh, out on Fish Lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the lo- all the local lakes, really, are doing pretty good. Uh, bass fishing, too, has been good. Uh, um, you know, Lake Superior, everywhere. I, I, this is one of the better fishing years that I've seen. Yeah, good to hear. Uh, yeah. Um, but, no, it's been good. We went out last night uh, for a few hours last evening and went uh, bass fishing with uh, my son and one of my employees here, and we caught a few bass, lots of hammer handle northern. Yep. Um, but that was fun. Uh, got a couple of nice ones, so uh, um, that was fun. What was your tactic? Are you pitching at the dock? So, no, two of us, uh, my son and I, were throwing spinner baits and uh, some frogs and uh uh, the other guy that was with us was using some uh, uh, plastics with uh, worms and, uh, yeah. uh, fr- you know, rubber frogs and things like that. Perfect. And uh, everybody caught fish. So, uh, you know, everything kind of worked. Um, but we weren't casting docks. We were in the kind of the backwaters of Fish Lake uh, where there where there is no docks. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was good fishing. Um, you know, we didn't... Uh, we didn't uh, slaughter them by any means, but we caught some nice fish and enough action to get you going. But I think the weather kind of messed us up, too. We had two big rain showers move in where we had the jackets on and off. So uh-huh. That yeah. was kind of a little different. Yeah. But, uh, My son and yeah, I, yeah. Uh, we had to put up the uh, the topper on the boat for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of rainstorms, uh, but uh, you know what? The weather calms down a little bit and, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, fishing's been good. A uh, lot of people coming in this morning, heading every direction. Oh, it's going to uh, be a big weekend. Yes, it should be. So, and here I am. I'm knocking on wood for no nasty weather. Yeah, well, although that'd be nice. I, I have to admit, I looked at my uh, my phone, which tells me the weather stuff, and mm-hmm. even Monday didn't look that bad. No, no. Uh, the last I haven't looked today this morning, but the last forecast I looked at, yeah, there's some smaller chances, but yeah. it doesn't look too bad. Yeah, there's no fifty percenters or anything until okay. Tuesday's got the fifty percent, so we got right. today, Saturday, Sunday, sunshines. Monday, sunshine. Temperatures in the mid seventies. Get out there, have fun. That, that's some nice weather, if you ask me. Uh, you're not uh, you're not sweltering heat out in the boat, so that's not too bad at all. Well, yeah. you ever take a black dog in a boat? <laughs> <laughs> Probably wants to jump over after a little bit. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. very happy uh, to go. She points her nose at an island, and that kind of tells us it's time for business. <laughs> and then she'll swim a little bit and eventually come back to the boat. Yeah. Hey, uh, you mentioned uh, some lakes that were pretty good fishing. What about uh, Pike Lake just down the road from you? 
Yeah, um, there's been a few people uh, heading out there. I haven't heard as many people heading out there as there's been. I know um, mm-hmm. uh, the guys that I have heard out there have been bass fishing under the docks. Um, oh. You know, and there's some nice bass in that lake too. Um, but there hasn't been quite as many people that I've been hearing going in there. A lot going to Caribou, uh, you know, and, and catching pretty much everything out of there. Um, I know some guys were up on Graham the other day uh, catching a lot of smaller pike. They didn't really get any bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't heard of a lot out of pike, to be honest. Um, I think there's just, I, I don't know if people just haven't been fishing it as much or what, but uh, all the other lakes around, they've been they've been doing pretty good. We had a couple of minutes left. We're talking with Matt King at Fisherman's Corner. Um, a few years ago, you took over the business uh, in the middle of the epidemic yes um you finding things smoothing out changing at all it is um it's it's things are much things are more available i'm gonna say but i'm not gonna tell you it's back to 100 percent where you can just get everything um but uh if you look around you get enough distributors you can usually find stuff um, and it, it, it is smoothing out. Now, for me, it's a little bit of a learning curve to yeah. know, like, how things were before the pandemic, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm learning a little bit on some of that. And, uh, you know, some of it's uh, by by error and some of it's by trial. And, <laughs> you know, so you kind of you learn. And I don't I didn't really have that knowledge. Right. So uh, but we're, we're going to we're, we're learning and. Uh, no, it's it's coming out all right, and it's nice to see that things are uh, more available, and some pricing is coming down a little bit, and things like that. So that's uh, that's pretty good to good. see. Uh, your yeah. hours at Fisherman's Corner? We are seven to seven Monday through Thursday, and uh, Friday uh, six to eight, Saturday six to seven, and Sunday six to six. Hmm. Very good. All right, keep a tight line, Matt, and uh, have, a good, have a good weekend and a good holiday. Good holiday to you too and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we did it. Other than Johnny, we missed out on Johnny, <laughs> but we made it up for uh, Johnny yeah. with Mark Waslot. There you go. Good to hear from him. Well, thank you uh, again uh, from the frenzy to you. Have fun out on the lake. Be careful on the lake, and uh, don't drink and bolt. No, do not do that. I've never done that. Good. This week. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Have a happy fourth. Thanks, Dave. Rick uh, will be back next week, Friday, for another fishing frenzy. Stick around, it's news next.